Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again for this episode of Make and Multiply. We just wanted to give you a quick heads up before this episode, as the topic this week deals with the sensitive issue of sexual abuse, particularly to children. So if you're a parent who usually listens to these episodes in the van with the kids, uh, just be advised that the content of this episode, while not explicit in any way, does deal with hard topics that, that may not be appropriate for children. Thank you. You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles, and we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon. I'm a pastoral resident at Emmaus, and I'm joined with uh, Elder and Pastor Ryan Chase and uh, Caleb Durenberger, pastoral resident at Emmaus. And this week, we are going to be looking at the topic, uh, functions in the life of the church, whether you know it or not. It's one of those things that, uh, like the foundation of any building, um, you don't see it, but it's really important. And for us, that's this ministry-safe training. Um, If you don't know what that is, if you're a volunteer or function at all in any of our ministry teams at Emmaus Road Church, you've at least been aware of what Ministry Safe is. Ministry Safe is a organization that uh, partners with local churches in doing kind of the legalese, protecting churches from liability, particularly in the area of sexual abuse. Um, This feels like well, it's sad to think that institutions like this have to exist, but yep. man, are we grateful that Ministry Safe exists. This is like that point I made preaching the first commandment. Imagine a world where right. everybody obeys God, obeys the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. How incredible mm-hmm. and joyful that would be. Yeah. This is one of those sad realities that exists yeah. because of sin in the world. That's right. And Ministry Safe would not, gratefully, not have a business. <laughs> but. Yeah. They do, and they are tremendously helpful. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's, it goes without saying that the past 20, 30, 40 years has seen um, probably uh, just a heightened awareness of, uh, of sexual abuse writ large, um, but then particularly as it relates to sexual abuse in churches. Um, think of the Boston Globe scan, or, uh, uh, reporting on the Catholic Church scandal that broke out that back in the early 2000s. Um, think of the SBC and their current um, and the Houston Chronicle report of the Southern Baptist Church and then just the heightenedness of sexual abuse with like the Larry Nasser trial and, and all these things that are coming through the cycle, coming through the news where people who thought it could never happen here, people who thought this was a safe environment are caught unawares. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ministry Safe is a, uh, it's, it's owned by two, a husband and wife who are lawyers, who are experts in this field, and they partner with local churches um, to, to equip them, to train them, to give them processes and documents to help. Um, and it's, this is, to be clear, this is not primarily about liability. It's not about covering your basis and making sure we're legally yeah, protected. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But it, it, what it is about is protecting our yeah. children, mm-hmm. protecting our people from 
wolves. Um, Jesus warns us that there will be wolves out prowling for us, um, and we must be wise, can't be aloof to those things. So uh, ministry safe is just a, a, we just, I thank God, you know, I, when I was in the, at the pastor's college, uh, part of our curriculum actually was uh, going through the full ministry safe training. You spent a week on this, right? It was 15 total hours okay. of videos hmm. watching hmm. Um, with quizzes and all that stuff. If you've, if you've been at Emmaus and done the volunteer training, you've done the one hour sexual awareness or sexual abuse awareness training. I did the, the long haul. The, 15 the, the, hours. 15 hours. Um, and it is very eye-opening. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's quite the thing. So, mm-hmm. um, so our purpose today, I think, is to, to give a case of why we do why we have ministry, ministry safe, what kind of a case for why it's important, and then twofold to kind of just explain the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're growing in it. We're, we're adapting at all times to, to what's happening. But um, to, to, to say that this isn't a critical piece would be naive. Right. It, it would, it would um, put the blinders on to what's happening in the world and put um, and we as pastors would be failing to shepherd and protect the flock if we don't consider these things. Yeah. Um, so, Ryan, maybe as a pastor, maybe you can speak to kind of the need for something like Ministry Safe. Yeah, Ministry Safe has been a great resource for us. Uh, education is a huge part of that. Just being informed and aware. And so we use their sexual abuse awareness training. Right. And we ask all of our volunteers who are going to serve on any of our ministry teams to complete that so that people are aware so that we are not naive and uninformed. I mean, one of the things that just, uh, it would be nice to be, uh, like we said earlier, to not have to think about these things, but to be blissfully unaware and Mm -hmm. naive would leave us vulnerable to Mm -hmm. those attacks. And so one of the things that uh, becomes clear as you go through that training is that those who do um, prey on children are, are very careful and skilled at avoiding detection and yeah. and kind of working their way into a community and being you know trusted by other they're called, people. They're often called groomers, and yeah. the groomers groom the gatekeepers. Yes, that's a phrase they use often. Is they're not just grooming the children they want to prey on. Yeah. They're grooming the gatekeepers, the people that are supposed to be the ones to keep the fence high. Yeah. They, they are intentionally maneuvering to gain trusted access to children, yeah. um, which just, it makes you squirm, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and so what we have to do then is be aware of that so we know how to shore up defenses and have higher gates and more secure locks. It's, right. you know, it's like why we put locks on our houses. And um, we, we want to have things in place that make it very, very difficult, impossible, God willing, um, for people like that to get near children. Um, and, and one of the, the things that we recognize is the more people in our church are aware of these things and looking out for signs... Um, the more likely we are to detect this. It's impossible. You know, it's like a solo lifeguard on a packed beach (laughs) in California watching thousands of people. It's just impossible to keep an eye on everybody. But the more people you have keeping an eye out, um, 
the better. And so on the one hand, we say this to volunteers going through the process, our aim is not to make everybody overly suspicious right. mm-hmm. of everybody else. Uh, although when you go through the training, it, it <laughs> can kind it has of have that effect. That yeah. effect. Sure. Um, so it's good to be aware of that. That the point is not just to be incredibly suspicious of everybody, but to be informed and to be wise. Um, and, and I think again, context is a little bit different. But but Jesus is acknowledging a reality of this sinful world that we live in when he told his disciples, "I'm, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves." Um, and so, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And that combination, right. innocent as doves, wise as serpents, um, that, that, I think, captures the, the posture we want to have in this world. I remember my, the, your recent sermon, Ryan, you talked about, uh, which seems like another life ago, times when we were able to walk through an airport yeah, freely. I still have fond memories. Every time I would go back to Hawaii or, or leave Hawaii, my family from Hawaii meeting us right there and then us walking through the airport together. And that was one of the greatest moments as we came back or left. Um, and unfor- we see this time and time again. Um, unfortunately, we live in a world where Oftentimes it takes a really bad thing to happen for yeah. things to be changed and to be done in a different light. So you think about if you were po- uh, pre-9-11, if you could have that framework, now post-9-11. I just even remember going the first time to the airport after that. Your awareness level is so much higher. You're, you're, you're mindful. You're almost looking for things in a suspicious way. And um, we don't want to... And we don't want to be like those who are waiting for something bad to happen in order for us to address things. Now, right. we know that in this fallen world, there are grievous sins um, under God's sovereignty. Bad things do happen, and ultimately he has control. But <clears throat> what Ministry Safe does is it's, it's just one step of saying, we don't want to just sit back on our hands waiting for that bad thing to happen, and then we're going to address things. Right. It's, it, awareness is yeah. Yeah. prevention. Right. Awareness Proactive. is protection. Um, I'm just mindful of how many people I've talked to after taking the training who, who have, I mean, they're just like, I had no idea. I had no idea one that this stuff happened as frequently as it does. And I wasn't aware of the context in which the stuff happened. Oftentimes we think the bad stuff is just that, which is happens out there, you know, at the park where no one's watching. So we're just going to steer clear of those areas so that those bad things don't happen. When we realize that the bad things can happen in our doors, <laughs> in our rooms. Uh, yeah, there's just this extra level of um, we need to be mindful of that. We need to take the right steps because we need to take responsibility and do whatever is in our power to be aware and thus prevent um, yes. those bad things. Yeah, and that, that analogy is helpful of the kind of the airport screening process. Um, yeah. I mean, the reason why you don't, you have to empty your water bottles before you go through, through security is not because of water, um, right? Because when you get on the other side of security, there's plenty of water. Like, you can go to the water fountain. You can, there's, water's not the issue. It's the intention of getting something in through that. And the gatekeepers 
of the air of T- TSA are the gatekeepers who keep a very high fence. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, you got to take your shoes off. You got to do it with the whole nine yards. And we all think, well, this is just inconvenient, and it is. And nobody likes to go through security because <laughs> you. I don't know yeah, about you guys. It's I a feel, hassle. I feel like I'm being treated like a criminal, like yes. I could, like with suspicion. And yet, when I get to the other side of security, there is a sense of like, oh, everything around here has gone through this screening, and I can. I feel relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the setting we're trying to make. We want the, the fence to be incredibly high, which will feel cumbersome and feel, I don't, do I have to fill out this application? Do I have to do this training? What, and it's also just like, well, why can't we just trust one another? Why, mm-hmm. what, what happened to the fi- family dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Which I fully get. But our aim is to keep that, that, I, that other analogy of the fencing of the, like the sheep's pen. We want the, mm-hmm. the fence around the sheep pen to be so high that wolves cannot get in. Yeah. And it's at those access points. Like, what's the weakest part of the wall? It's the gate. Yeah. What's the weakest part of the fence? It's the gate because the gate is meant to open and close. And so um, that's the point. Who we let into the sheep's pen, who we let into shepherd and to be in, um, is really important. So maybe with that, we'll, we'll kind of look at the process a little bit. So I, I would just add to yeah. not just the inconvenience side of it all, like why do we have to do this? But I think recognizing that this is one of those things that invokes strong emotion and mm. especially those who have experienced um, what we're talking about here, what we're trying to protect from. It, it brings about trauma, and it's just one of those things like we don't want to talk about it, and almost like we think if we don't talk about it, we just we don't have to think about it, then it won't it goes happen. Away. It yeah. goes away, and um, yeah, in in a world in a fallen world where there is sin, grievous sins done against others, um, it, it's the grievous sins done especially to children that in to just bring about in us a righteous anger. Um, you know, and so I think because of that, I think that should just give us a better framework for even why we would go through one, an inconvenience maybe of like, oh, why do we have to do this? But just having that awareness, like this, this matters. My partaking in an hour training could actually make a difference in a significant difference in something tragic happening. Um, so yeah, well said. Um, so a little bit about the process. And uh, we do ask all of our, um, all anybody who serves on a ministry team at Emmaus, whether that's host team or music team or the kids ministry, um, we do ask them to do the, the screen or the uh, sexual abuse awareness training, which is the one hour video with a quiz, plus the background check, the criminal background check. We, we ask all, everybody to do that. Um, just... If you're serving as a as a employee or not as an employee as a volunteer at Emmaus, we want everybody to do that. Now, I think what we're going to focus on particularly here is our, our kids ministry because that's um, yeah that's that's where the most vulnerable among us, um, you know, parents come drop their children off sometimes with people they've just met or haven't met if they're visiting and and there's a level of trust there's a level of of um, care happening. So I think we'll focus primarily on that and a little bit of the process. Uh, the, there are the first thing if you're volunteering, uh, the couple requirements that we ask is that you're at least 18 years old and a member, and that's true of all of our ministry teams. Um, at least 
the, the membership. Uh, we want the people who are <laughs> the, the requirement of membership mm-hmm. because you, you're representing Emmaus. You're part of this covenant body. And then there's a level of accountability. Right. If, mm-hmm. if somebody is a member, they have agreed to our membership agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that agreement, agree to submit to a process of church mm-hmm. discipline mm-hmm. Um, should the need arise. And so there's a, a level of accountability with membership that doesn't exist where there's no commitment. That's if good. somebody has not made any kind of, uh, entered into that that mutual commitment, Covenant. That, <laughs> then they could just walk away anytime. And yes. so you don't really have any way to address um, issues and sins that happen w- mm-hmm. with the gospel. And, and the aim is always, you know, um, redemption and, and restoration, but commitment to each other is really foundational yeah. to that. And I think me particularly as the uh, kind of the, the one overseeing the kids' ministry, there's always this tension between needing more people, <laughs> right? Yeah. Needing more people to bear the load of our growing church and with more children coming and, and wanting to serve our uh, parents by supplying childcare during the service, uh, during the sermon, that just requires manpower. Right. That coupled with, well, <laughs> there's some requirements. So I, I particularly, as I try and quote unquote recruit, feel that tension of dear people who come up and, and ask to serve and uh, want to serve with their middle school or high schooler. And um, I just hate saying no, but mm-hmm. these things are meant to to serve us long-term. So uh, first, uh, membership and also 18 or older. And then uh, the first step would be to, to do the sexual abuse awareness training. Um, and the purpose of that training, uh, according to the Ministry Safe Institute, is uh, to give eyes to see and ears to hear molester grooming behaviors. To just bring well, awareness, that's what the training is, is to open our eyes to the fact that to not be naive or aloof, but to kind of, when I'm serving, to there are things I can be looking for. And it's not necessarily, uh, and this what they really hit on is, it's not going to be the creepy guy in the hood that just wanders up into the kids' ministry that you have to protect from. It's the trusted people. Like, mm-hmm. like they always say, the, the groomers groom the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're seeking to gain trusted access. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't be the shady character that you see for the first time. It will be somebody that has, has, is trusted. Another category is to look out for peer-to-peer sexual abuse that's taking place uh, between two children. Um, it's, just, it's just awareness. It's bringing awareness. Um, and then a skillful, we call it, they call it a skillful screening process. So do the training, and if you're still up for serving after that training, now it becomes a, a screening process, which is probably the, the, the most critical piece and a piece that we're still kind of working on is a, a criminal background check, bare minimum, um, just to... Go Mainly the, a deterrent. Exactly. And then uh, also the um, an application process, which is the, the category we're, we're, we are working on to kind of just gather references. And, and, and it's, again, it, when, when you talk through the process, it feels, quote unquote, burdensome because you're asking people to fill out a lengthy application yeah. to get references. And, you know, these are dear people who just want to serve. Yeah. Um, which is why I think that airport analogy is so helpful. You yeah. know, th- think of it like TSA. You can think, ah, oh, this is inconvenient. Yeah. But when you keep in mind, the goal is to create um, a space where on the other side of that 
security fence, mm. children are safe. That's right. And, and um, dangerous people are kept away right. from them. Then it's worth it. Like it's it's easy to submit to that process yeah. and go through all of that for the sake of that. Right. So maybe you're getting here as well, but our, our policies and procedures, right. I think then are another huge piece of that because mm-hmm. having people, you know, cause the, somebody might think, well, couldn't a groomer jump through those hoops, especially if they're trying to groom the gatekeepers and right. earn trust. Right. Um, and that's a very real possibility, right. which is why having certain policies and procedures in place are, are crucial. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, simple things like we just don't ever have or allow situations where it's just one adult right. with mm-hmm. children, wh- right. whether that's one child or multiple children. And so we, we realize all of these things just make work for ourselves. Yeah. Right. You know, when you have a policy like, no, one adult may not take a child to the bathroom right. on no, a bathroom that's, break. That's, that's another that's policy. We have, we have no, a no bathroom, even though there's bathrooms five feet away, there will be no adults in a bathroom alone. There will be no children alone in bathrooms. So mm-hmm. uh, part of our process. Now, what's helpful about the way that kind of our delivery system and how we function as a church in general is we don't have a, a wide functioning, you know, n- newborn to eighth grade during the service yeah. child care. It, it's, um, it, it really is the, the 18 month, the 15 month to four year window, which includes those in diapers and includes those who need to go to the potty. So nobody's... Or use their underwear. Or <laughs> some. And those um, who are learning. And those policies are, are in place. We, if, if, some, if a situation happens, like if, let's say, my, my um, three-year-old was in childcare and needed to go potty, um, this is why we have the tag system. This is why we have the check-in system. Your, your check-in tag that you put on your child has your number on it. Um, and so if something comes up and like Henry needs to go potty, they would text Jamie and say, hey, Henry has to go potty. You need to come get him and take him. And that handoff process of there's the the tag has your name and also a code. And if like, if Jamie were to come up and get Henry, she would need to have her tag, her parent tag that, and matching the code. Just like think of the the system. Like if you've had a newborn in the hospital, Mm -hmm. like they put a tag on them. So that not just anybody's walking out with your baby. Mm-hmm. They, they are very careful. Same process. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, more work for ourselves. Feels cumbersome. I'm, I can see the bathroom from here. Why can't I just let him go? We, we, this is all part of keeping the gates yeah. and the, the, the fences mm-hmm. high. And, and I just appreciate that instead of saying go to the bathroom, you just call it potty. <laughs> <laughs> just like a dad <laughs> must be right I, in the middle of it I, go, some might go potty say, I just yes exactly <laughs> well it, it's well Henry won't go potty on a tree that way so I, I think yeah I think there's something instructive there for those who serve in that area or just our whole church as well and that is just to have the, the, the long view in mind oftentimes we're so I mean we just live so nearsighted so it's all about in the moment so the volunteer worker who has their hands full and there's maybe poop everywhere. Or I don't know what it, all the pressures that would be in your face that would lead you to think, well, let's just, just do it. Just go, just cut that corner, cut right. that policy corner of, all right, just go to the bathroom or I'll take you because it's just, yeah. we don't want to have to deal with the inconvenience that it would create to do all the steps. Or I'm, I'm even thinking of as we gather in missional communities, you know, sometimes, as with in a, who leads a, one who leads a missional community filled with children, many of them under the age of three years old, um, to have those 
I mean, you can call them policies. They're kind of, un, they're not, I mean, we've established house them house rules though, but there is a reason why if a, a child or children are going to be in another area of the house where they're not able to be supervised or supervised by one adult, there should be two adults there. And that can seem like an inconvenience, especially yeah, totally. in the midst of, I have a behavior issue with my child right now. I need to go do, I'm just going to step away for a moment. That tendon, that, that cutting of the corner. I mean, just in that moment, I, I, I won't want people to know, like, have the long view in mind, because that kind of thinking can be that which leads to something, when, something when that you, you, you yeah, you just think like, man, if I, if I would have just done that, you know, you never want to be in that situation where you're looking back, like, oh, if I would have just not done that, or should have done that, you know, right. so that's why those policies are, um, that, they, that as much as they can be inconvenient, I think, have the long view in mind. Yeah. Um, and as you describe that, though, like I could, I could, I hear, you, I could hear you saying that, and think, man, but doesn't that just kill authentic community? Aren't yeah. we like s- causing suspicion about one? And and the answer to that is no. We're just like we, we we just this the quote we keep coming back to from Jesus of like there are wolves out there, and they're often not dressed as wolves, mm-hmm. um, and that we just do not want to be naive, especially when we're talking about. Our children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's I because maybe, I love. It's because I love and I trust every person who is committed in my missional community. That I would say, let's have two adults yeah. with every and, kid. And the, the deterrent of that, you know, I think it maybe helps to, to say. That's all right, So, you know, Matt, if you and I, or you know, take any two of us, if Caleb, if you and I are with kids in our, say, we're in the same MC and, and we're together, and there are two adults there, it's it's not that I'm necessarily saying it's because I don't keep or trust you yeah. that yeah. I. Am standing here next to you. It's more like together we're linking arms, saying, "Yes, right. yes." Be, we're, because we take this posture, we're just creating an environment where anybody else who is scoping things out to see if they could groom, they're just going to say, "This would be impossible because I can never mm-hmm. see a situation where the kids mm-hmm. are away from adults or away from more." You know, that's Yeah, it, as much as possible. When you're in that context, think more of creating a higher wall mm-hmm. in the way and, that and you engage. In it. the way that you engage with the person next to you and in the way you engage with the, the kids even. It's not a passive thing like, I'm just, I'm, just pre- I'm just standing here, but I'm on my phone and distracted somewhere else, and that's checking the box. No, create an environment that, that makes the wall that much higher. Engage with the, the children, show your love for the children in such a way that someone would come in and be like, wow, this is a really strong, <laughs> this, is a, this is a stronghold that I would not. Yeah, I just act- don't see any gaps in the defenses, yes. and so I'm right. going to move along to another place. That's exactly right. what we want to happen. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because of our love for and trust right. in each other. It, it's like, Absolutely. Ryan, you've said multiple times about... Um, you know, our when if you go through the foundations retreat and you go through our polity discussion, it's not we don't love polity for its own <laughs> for sake. its own sake. Yeah. We don't love ministry safe thing for it just because of what it is, but we love it like we love security systems because we love security systems because we love what they protect. Yeah, um, and it really is functioning that way here. Yeah. Of we love our community and we love the gospel and we love our children. And because of that, yeah. we want to take steps yep. to protect. And as pastors, we would, like I said earlier, we would be failing to shepherd the flock amongst us if we, if we didn't make this a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just thinking, the, one of the effects of this on me certainly spills over, not, you know, I don't volunteer on Sunday mornings with the kids. Um, I have other Sunday morning responsibilities, but... 
I can say that one hour of training has changed every hour mm-hmm. of my parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, any day when my kids are just in the backyard with neighbor kids or yep. uh, if we're at a family gathering with cousins or, and, and you know, again, not that <laughs> we're always guarding against just undue suspicion, but I think it just makes me a more vigilant, attentive parent right. and causes me it motivates me to fight against my own laziness where it's easy to just be like, ah, it's so much extra work just to have go to play. go, keep yeah. an eye on them. I even think Sunday mornings outside of the service, as a family, we have established house rules with our kids. After the service, I don't want you upstairs running around where I can't see you. Mm-hmm. I, I want you down here by me. You, you can't wander off without talking. So it's a lot of work to keep track of little kids who are busy and energetic and playing with their friends, Mm -hmm. but to just let them wander off and assume like, I don't know, I'll track them down 30 minutes later. Mm -hmm. And for 30 minutes, I haven't, I don't know where they've been or who they've been with. Mm -hmm. They've been out of my sight. That's, Mm -hmm. is way harder. It's way more work to keep an eye on them. But you know, one of the effects of this is not just our policies and procedures when um, children are within the care of the childcare we're providing as a church on a Sunday morning, but just that entire culture yeah. and environment and community, which is why we've promoted, there is a, uh, a version of this training just for parents and grandparents. Right. That's excellent. And we really would mm-hmm. commend that and, and encourage everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't have kids, if you're just, if you're a single person in an MC where there are kids, if you are aware of these things, you are going to be a helpful piece in that protection mm-hmm. process and yeah. building a, a, a safe community for kids. And that's really what we want. A safe community because we live in a dangerous world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't want to, this is, we don't, this isn't distinct from the gospel. The gospel is functioning in this sense of, of as we raise our children, as we care for our children, we have responsibilities as fathers. Um, God will come to us and ask what happened. Um, whether or not we're guilty of something or I just, I I just am aware of that burden. Even as you talk now, like we just as dads have a responsibility to protect my family. And then that just feels twice as big multiplied as we think of our our role as, as pastors to to protect Mm -hmm. the flock. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's work and we, it's work. work. And the good news of the gospel is we don't, we sit under the chief shepherd mm-hmm. who is guarding his church and who is protecting the flock. Um, and so we look to him for, uh, to supply every need, including our need for this. So I, I hope an episode like this is received um, and, and you hear uh, our warnings, not again, to not produce undue suspicion or breed mm-hmm. undue suspicion amongst our church and also not to, um, downplay the reality of we need volunteers. <laughs> we need people who are willing to serve in areas like mm. the kids' ministry and to not have this deter you from, from that. And we're grateful for the, the yes. glad, sacrificial uh, volunteers that we, we do have in this church yes. that we are able to say with, with confidence, like, my, my child is safe and yes. secure in your care right now. So thank you. Yes, and know that you know, to parents who do utilize the childcare, like we do think on this regularly. I, I just met with our, um, our childcare team a couple weekends ago, um, to talk about what it will look like, um, both in 
up here and in the future uh, with a, a change of location and and thinking through where are the where are the walls in a new location going to be low and how can we raise those up mm. um, and we're just just know that we're this is a critical we're not just trying to keep your kid alive <laughs> uh, we're we trying to protect them and give them uh, and care for them and that child care piece includes ministry safe so um, we, we pray that the gospel would function here, even in the darkness of something as evil and, um, and wrong and sinful as sexual abuse. Um, but because of Jesus, um, we are able now to, to push back against that darkness and conquer it because of Christ and what he's done. So, um, yeah, I think that, that wraps up this. And until next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles or missional communities or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.